Hello everyone, my name is Jim Babalos, Workplace Relations Legal Officer. Here today I have me with me Bree Mourinho. Hi Bree, how are you going? Hi Jim, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Uh, listen, today we're going to be talking about a very interesting case, JCOV Beendaroo Foods, recent decision, obviously on appeal. Uh, quite an interesting one. Mm. So Jim, this is a case that addresses the proper length of a meal break, is that right? That's right. Yeah, so what was the issue? Well, in this particular case, Bree, the employee, Mr. So, uh, sought a ruling from the Fair Work Commission that the removing and dining of his PPE was to be considered work and that he really should be back paid overtime and that his break time should really, I guess, exclude this particular activity. I guess, as you can imagine, this is a prevalent issue right at the present, uh, specifically, I guess, in the healthcare sector, particularly, I guess, in the COVID environment where the dining of PPE really is a must. So can you elaborate on the background of the case? Absolutely. So Mr. J, sir, was his name, was an employee of Bindaroo Foods, uh, which is a meat processing uh, plant and based in Queensland. Uh, the employee claimed that he was not receiving the full 30 minutes of unpaid meal break that he was entitled to receive under the specific award, which is the Meat Industry Award 2010. The reason being is claims that he had to remove his full set of PPE prior to commencing and completing his break, which he claimed took approximately 10 minutes. So what PPE did he wear? Uh, listen, the PPE that he was required to wear consisted of several items, uh, you know, being the following, and it really was, I guess, six things if we could break it down. Number one, a white uniform shirt and white uniform pants. Two, rubber boots. Three, blue, uh, these blue gloves, plastic arm sleeves and a plastic apron. Uh, four, a hairnet and a bead net, obviously, if necessary for, for many employees. Uh, fifth was a, uh, a, a plastic cap and earplugs and earmuffs. And lastly, uh, gloves and uh, cut resistant gloves as well because of the amount of knife work involved. Um, in addressing the particular issues, uh, the Commission uh, viewed that, you know, what was really needed was to consider whether the donning and removing of the PPE was work. And the Commissioner acknowledged that there is universally applicable definition of the term work, of course. Uh, whether an employee is entitled to the payment for these activities or tasks and whether those activities or tasks uh, are work really, I guess, from the Commission's perspective would depend on a number of matters, uh, not the least being the manner in which any relevant industrial instrument deals with the payment for work and its definitions and also the employee's contract of employment. And that really was what the Commission really considered. And the Commission in this particular instance accepted that in this particular case, uh, the activities were preparation for work as opposed to actually starting work. So what decision was reached? Really, I guess at first instance, what uh, you know the Commission determined was that the donning and removing of the PPE was to be considered work as indicated a little bit earlier. And, it's, uh, and really instead, this was an activity in preparation for work. Uh, the 10 minutes uh, that was required to don and remove the PPE was not considered an unreasonable amount of time. And in making uh, the determination, the Commission also relied on the fact that, you know, the employee was being paid above the award rates and that his employment contract prevented him from recovering any additional payments in respect of, you know, I guess his employment that he was already receiving. So can it be said that this decision left unanswered questions? Absolutely. I guess particularly because there was a degree of this, I guess, maybe a liberal interpretation about whether the donning 
of uh, the PPA was work and also that it was not time consuming. I think that threw a few things into the mix. Then what happened after this? Yeah, listen, leave was granted to appeal the decision. Uh, on appeal, the full bench considered that the mill break clause of the award should be interpreted as providing employees with a 30 minute break. And this is really to engage in, in mill related activities or other activities of the employee's choice. If the employee uh, is sorry, if the employer sorry requires an employee to undertake substantive tasks or activities before they can commence their 30 minute break, the period of time I guess that is reasonably required to undertake those activities or tasks really should not be part of the employee's break. And, and really what the commission was saying is that this needs to be considered work. Um, also, the commission indicated that, or so the full bench, sorry, indicated that the meal break activities that the employees required to undertake both before and after the meal break, and this extended to the including the donning uh, of the PPE, were considered, I guess, activities which formed really a key component of you know the employer's business. Um, if the employee or the employees uh, do not properly adhere to the you know the hygiene and the safety processes, and I guess a general you know health and safety practice, then the employer would um, not be able to operate its you know its business you know effectively. Um, the full bench also indicated that although the meal break activities were considered essential aspects of the employee's you know job tasks as a as a as a worker. You know, he was also um, he was required by the employer to undertake uh, these activities and was not able to choose whether or not he engaged in some or all of the meal break activities. So essentially, I guess what the full bench was saying is, as such, the time reasonably required to engage in meal break activities was not part of the employee's 30 minute unpaid meal break, and he was entitled to overtime on that basis. Wow. So is it likely that these types of claims would affect our sector? Listen, uh, I'll probably say possibly not. I guess uh, from one perspective, historically PPE has uh, obviously been, you know, a, a key component of our sector. And one could assume that the dining and the dining of PPE has been factored as a work practice. However, assuming you know COVID-style lockdowns do continue, and obviously today we probably will have to encompass that, then PPE becomes and PPE becomes mandatory for an indefinite period. Then yes, I guess maybe consideration must be given. Do you have any final thoughts for us? I think really the only thing I could say, Bree, is that I think members must be and need to be vigilant around the donning of PPE, specific around break times. I think this decision throws that in the mix. Thanks for taking us through that case, Jim. Thanks, Bree. See ya.